1: Hello and welcome to The Promised Land, a show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined as ever by Rob Blanchett, talking Man United's collapse, which is happening before our very eyes. Uh, Two defeats in a row in two away games. Rob, is it as bad as it
2: seems? Yes, yes it is. Um, It feels like an open wound, doesn't it? And here we are pouring salt into it. And rubbing that in and having to talk about how much it hurts. But yes, that's where we are, isn't it? And I don't think that any of this was unpredictable. There are similar issues that we've seen over many years at Manchester United. But I do think now at this stage, Scott, there are some very specific things that we are seeing, I think, with the manager and with the tactics and what Man United are trying to do. What have we said on this show for weeks? Don't lose these games. However, if you have have that mentality in your team... That sometimes is a problem because you stop doing what you're good at. And I think that's been the story of Manchester United's last two defeats now. is that they're not doing anything like the good stuff that they've been doing all season long. And I'm not having it that tiredness is the only factor. Like, yes, of course, it's a factor. But you've got to do more. This is where the business end of the season, where it all means everything. Three games at home, Scott, three victories, you're in the Champions League. If you don't get those victories, I think there's a chance that they might not then Liverpool going to come forth. Exciting. Very exciting. Uh, <laughs> subscribe
1: to our show wherever you get your post <laughs> on Apple, Google, Spotify, and the likes, and watch us on YouTube twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays. We'll be running that until the end of the season. Head over to our channel, like, subscribe, leave a comment for us as well. And as a reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B, and at Promise and M.U. for the show. Today we'll be talking... Rob broke this whole show. <laughs> uh he wrote it yesterday. Uh we have a lot of issues to cover here. Um not going to go the obvious route. Uh, I think most people are seeing David De Gea's latest mistake and thinking get rid of him. Well you can't get rid of him right now unless you bring in Jack Button or the mysteriously injured Tom Heaton. Um I'm sure some will be calling for that. But uh what is it that we're seeing in United's performances? That are leading to these results. Obviously, we're seeing a lot of missed chances, but we are seeing a completely different team. Is it fair to say, Rob, uh, taking the pitch at the moment? Yes, one that isn't sticking to any of the the habits that they were displaying in the better
2: form months earlier in the season. Well, habits are one thing, but tactics are another, and and habits are formed through tactics. So the tactics are practiced on the training pitch. And yes, this time of the season, you haven't really got a lot of opportunity to work on those things. Shapes, formations, one thing or another. You've got what you've got and you've got to work with it. So we know all season long that Man United have played this 4-1-5. That's what they've done and they've done it really well. Some players have played out of position, but Man United have stuck to their guns with that. And for the large majority of the season, Scott, they've controlled games, they've won games, they've been in the top four. It's all looked very comfortable. I think when they've looked at the Brighton game, okay, so I think it all starts at Brighton there, but you could look back further. But let's start at Brighton. Is that Brighton, they're trying to stage manage themselves. And I've said they needed a bit of that. You need to manage what you're doing on a football pitch and make sure that you're hitting your marks. But what they've done, Scott, is they've just given their game away. They've been so good this year at the press off the ball. 4-1-5, high press, win the ball back, play in transition. It's gone. It's stopped. They've stopped doing it. They're not playing that anymore. Uh, in Against West Ham, they played a more kind of 4-1-4-1 shape, which was like 4-2-3-1 at times, but it was 4-1-4-1. And the manager opted to play a big lump of a guy at number 10. And we know who he is. So, you know, I'm not going to blame Veghorst. He's been asked to do a job, so he's been brought into the team. And once again, Bruno Fernandes is not your number 10, playing in a wide area. If you want to win games, Scott, and you want to press and you want to do all the right stuff, does that seem like the right choice? So for me, there's a bit of this that you need to land at Ten Hag's door. So we've we've complimented the all season long, and I think he's been brilliant for us in year one and great. However, you really are looking over the edge of the cliff now, kind of looking down there and saying, fifth would be a complete disaster, and it would mean that your season is a failure. And if that is the case then we start having conversations again of stuff that we didn't think we would be.
1: You mentioned Veghorst there. I mean, and Bruno Fernandes playing out wide. For me, I, I looked at that. And yes, we can we can point the finger at Ten Hag a little bit here because I, know, I think he's trying to freshen things up, mm-hmm. uh, use the variety of his squad, which he was absolutely not willing to do.
2: Correct. In the FA Cup third round, you know? Exactly. All season long, we have said, one thing this manager does is he doesn't rotate. He wants to put his best team out. He's not frivolous. And I think what you're saying there is right, I think now he's thinking, right, what can I do? Okay, I'll rotate. Okay, I'll change things around. But we've said, and I'm sure he knows this, as soon as you change two or three players in this team, you're like not just a little bit bad or worse, but you're like there. You're like a plane crashing and you're down. It's really, really difficult. So I don't know. I think when you look at, at, at his tactics and his choices, That goes a long way to why Man United, especially in his last two games, have not just failed, Scott, but like overwhelmingly failed. And why they now look like they have the fear. Like, is that how you feel when you see them, right? They look like now a a bunch of players who were doing one thing really well all season and now they're being asked to do something slightly different and they're all a little bit like, I'm not sure I can do it. Yeah, I think
1: Ten Hag's gone through a bit of a learning experience this season, thinking back in January... I can play this team over and over and over again. And it turns out that later in the season, he realizes that he actually couldn't do that. And now he's having to compensate for the decisions that he made earlier in the season. Cause you're not seeing it you, 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 in the notes. We've written death of the press. Like mm. you might've been tailing off in games in second halves for weeks now, weeks and weeks and weeks. And that yeah. wasn't the case. It was more tail off after glaring error for goal in this game against West Ham. But as soon as West Ham scored, you knew that United were not going to respond to that, that, that that's just, he's talked about in game management and re- responding in game consistently. We know that this team can't do that. And at the moment now, like, one one of the d- big decisions, you mentioned veghorst and Bruno Tilo Caro is playing right back. Not, he's not a right back and you play Mark. You don't play Marcus Rashford on the left. Like that to me,
2: I was like, what are you doing? Like, why? I didn't understand, and that's why we have to ask those questions because it's it's all like the narrative is the narrative. And I said, yeah, there's been lots of people this last few days talking about De Gea. We know what De Gea is good at and what he's bad at. We know all this. My God, we've all talked about it. So we we absolutely can't talk about it any further. There are issues within the team. You just said they're about. Why did you know, like, why was he doing what he was doing earlier in the season and then he's realized he can't do it anymore? I don't believe that. I think that you have to do that earlier in the season to win those games. It is no good rotating and then being fifth and chasing it where Liverpool are. No point, no point doing that. In cup games, you're expected to win. I, 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 I think it depends how badly you want to win the cup. Like, so like, you know, if you don't, if, you, if you're okay with maybe losing a cup game here or there and then being out of those tournaments, then you do have to pull back. And yes, I agree with you. I think that's where you rotate. That's what you do in the League Cup. But then, hey, you might not get to the League Cup final. That's what you put on the line. So this is why I'm saying the whole adage about winning a trophy. is not everything in year one. It's just something. It's just something nice. But I think when you look at that and you look at it as you just said there for the West Ham game, I'm of the same opinion of you. Is that? Is that Marcus Rashford is the best best left sided forward in the world this year. He is. So when you when you, <laughs> he's not. He is. He, he is. Not. Look at, who then? Who is? Who's the best left sided forward this, this year in the world? Uh,
1: Martinelli's been as good probably
2: over the course of yeah. the season. Killing a number that that. out I think, there. I think you know, Martinelli's like, been brilliant. I think he's been brilliant, and I think all those guys have been brilliant. But I do think that Rashford, from his performances from last year to this year, he's gone from being an also-ran to a world-class player. His goal involvements are absolutely through the roof. He's up there, the best players in Europe. He's scoring many goals, Scott, from the left, as most strikers are through the middle. So, you know, I say to myself, I want Marcus to play his best position. We all know that Marcus Rashford is not the greatest number nine in the world. He's not. So when you play in there, you're weaker. So putting Veghorst in, but then Bruno out the ten and Bruno's weaker in a wider areas and deeper than he is in the 10, you've just changed three positions that make you tick, that make you win games, that make you press. I I feel sorry for Veghorst. He's been asked to be a number 10 in a 4-1-4-1 and the system United don't play. So it's really tough to do that. Why do you not just play your best number 10 there, which is what you need, which is Bruno Fernandes? So that is on the manager. And it's all very well trying to freshen things up. But freshening things up does not matter when it stinks this bad. You've got to play your best team now. And you've got to say to them, put your bodies on the line. Yes, you're tired. You've got a few three games to win at Old Trafford. And then you can go on holiday. Win me those three games and no excuses. So I'm sure there is some of that talk behind the scenes. But his tactics have got to reflect it, Scott, as well. They do have a week off, which is, well, six days. Yeah.
1: When did they play? Sunday. Yeah. They do have six days off. So obviously, I think this is the first time since the World Cup Mm -hmm. that United have a full week to prepare uh, for one game. And I do Mm -hmm. think that that's the same case next week as well. They play Bournemouth away on about the 20th of May, I believe. Yep, yep. Uh, And Wolves at home this weekend. But you look at that game. And you look at these teams that United are playing. And If United were actually playing quite well, you'd think, all right, these are simple wins. Now when they can't string a few passes together or take a chance and give up
2: goals easily, you think they could quite easily draw against Wolves, you know? Yeah. yeah, if you were going for the title and you needed three wins out of four to win the Premier League title, you'd look at these four games and go, four teams that have got nothing to play for, great, that's what I want because we'll go out there, we'll smash them, we'll get the points. That's kind of how City look at it, isn't it, when they go and play play teams to go and get, take care of business. I think when you look at United, because they've now, I think, have an issue in terms of maybe their own tactical identity or what they're doing within within themselves, these games now become dangerous because these teams are going to turn up at Old Trafford and they're here for a day out. You know, they've done their objectives and they're here and if it's a nice sunny day at Old Trafford and they can pass the ball around, Man United have not got the energy, Man United are a bit tired, or Man United just can't bring it. Then these games become dangerous, don't they? And that's the way I'd be looking at this. If I was Liverpool, I'd be like, right, we'll take care of our business, but I can bet you that Man United won't take care of theirs, and that's the bet that's on the table. So it's not good, is it? And that, like you know, I always say, don't get too high, don't get too low. There's not a lot to get high about at the moment, but this team needs to find its identity again and take the weight of Ten Hag. Like I think Ten Hag's trying to t- tweak stuff, and like you said. You know, realise maybe now the players are tired. Does he have to change things? This is not the time of the season to start changing things. This is where you roll the dice with what you've got. Put your best team out. Anthony Martial has to start games, whether his legs fall off or not. You're at that point of the season where victories mean more than rotation. And victories can be the only thing that matters. Scott, these last two games, if you get a nil-nil and a nil-nil at Brighton and at West Ham, you're in a completely different world, mm-hmm. yeah, going into these final four matches. Completely different world. Now, they couldn't stage manage that. So, the, the smart thing to do is go back to what you know, go back to playing in transition, put players in the right position, put Marcus on the left, Bruno behind a striker, put Martial on the pitch and roll the dice and say if he gets injured, he gets injured. Would you then have to go with Veghorst? But you've got to do those things. You've got Garnacho coming back, you've got Varan coming back. These players who'd want to break in normally in the season. No time to break in. Get back on a football pitch. Go win us games.
1: Yeah, that's what they have to do. I mean, uh, compared to uh, what Pep has done at Man City, I know they're worlds apart, massively worlds apart, but I think the the question that we were asking a few months ago was, why isn't Pep playing De Bruyne? This was in January, February. Why isn't Pep playing De Bruyne? What's he he doing playing Rico Lewis in midfield? What's hmm. happening here? Where's all his players? That <laughs> that was the time. He was getting prepared for the run-in. Yeah. Well, I think Ten Hag probably, with experience, should probably have known that. But I, I personally, I think he's paying for decisions he's made in the past because his players just haven't got... I don't think they got it. And what he's saying is, yeah, don't let the tiredness in your mind affect your legs,
2: but they're human beings, <laughs> you know? They're human beings... And I always go along that lines of kind of like thinking about mental fatigue as opposed to physical fatigue, because these these guys are all athletes. So, you know, the physical stuff they work on all the time, they train nonstop, they're in the gym, they do all that work. So the physical capability and stamina is there, but it's up here about having ideas and making sure you know what your job is. So I don't think that that is about not rotating in January or February. Now, of course, you're right, Guardiola, big squad, And the smart thing to do is when you develop that squad over seven years is that you look at De Bruyne as one of your older players and you bring him out the firing line and then you let people yap about how good or bad you are and they say, oh, De Bruyne's not playing well. But it doesn't matter, does it? As long as you're talking to that player and he knows what you're doing, that's all that matters. I think with Ten Hag is that he was forced into that situation to play his best team repeatedly and it worked because you won those games. So that's okay. But it's this time in the season, he might be able to say to the board, Next year, I need these players so I can swell my squad and have better rotation. But this is not the time to start rotating people. It really isn't. This is the time where you have to say to players, give me 90 minutes of your best football. And yeah, you're a human being, but so am I. So like, it, it, there's sometimes, Scott, you can you can definitely at some points of the season have sympathy for players. We could talk about, say, a player like Casemiro. Casemiro's had an eight-game holiday this season. Yeah, so he's had his little bit of rest and rotation and he's playing the worst football he's played since you put on a Man United shirt, maybe arguably the first few games, but to where he is now. So that is a question. Is that mental fatigue? Is that you know? Is that just fecklessness? Is that not knowing your role? Is that because the shape has changed? You've got other players around you that you don't want next to you? I don't know. There's all sorts of reasons, but it doesn't matter. What matters is you go out there and give it. Ericsson has come back and doesn't look like the same player. You know, is Garnacho going to come back and look lost? You know, is Varane going to come back in and go, well, without Martin as to me, I'm not quite sure what's happening here. But you can't have that. These players have got to be more than that. So I think the manager has to find the tactical switch here to make sure his team get back on, on the same page because they're not. And I think it does come from the tactics. If you're putting Vegas as a 10, Bruno wide and Rashford at top. Those three players mean in those positions, you will not be as creative. Simple. Do not tell me that Ten Hag doesn't know that, and that's not about tiredness, is it? That's not tiredness. That is a choice that you have to make tactically. Yes, Martial's body's broken down non-stop, but you need him to be at the top end of that press now. You need that four-one-five back, and you need players to just burn out, Scott. Do it for the team. You know, go hard. Have they not been doing that? Like, no, the last two games, no, and then beyond that, not in the last two games, but earlier
1: in like we we both admitted that they've been
2: tailing off in second halves like they've been tailing off in second halves because the tactics have slowly but surely been morphing away from what they do so when we talk about pressing and running virtually all players can run around for 90 minutes it's about whether they can concentrate for 90 minutes so there is that there with this man united team but united are full of world cup players world cup winners world cup stars players who play for their country and I've been used to playing in adversity Yet when they play together, there's something not quite there. So this is why I highlight those things, because I think these tactics have been changing over weeks and the team performance has been dipping. If you move away from your press that's been winning you games, it can't just be because you're tired. You can press still. You just have to make sure you do it. One of the things that manager said, really, one of the things that manager said about there was about not letting mental tie in show showing your legs. That was the first thing he said after this West Ham game. And I can see what the analogy is there because it's about just concentration, doing your work and then you're okay. But the work's changed. You know, they're being asked to do different things and they can't do it. So the manager is kind of gambling on that these players having a higher f- football IQ than maybe some of them have. And he's asking them to do stuff. Make it simple, Scott. Make it simple. Play the press. Try and catch teams in transition. And I'll tell you what, if you catch teams in transition and Rashford gets a one-on-one on a left-back, Rashford's going to beat him whether he's tired or not. He will. If Bruno gets the ball at 10, he will play a better pass than Veghorst. Come on. We know all these things. So I think that the manager's got to see that now. And he's, with his three games, three cup finals, you cannot afford to drop a point here. It's nine points or the season is bust. That's a big, that's a lot on the line, isn't it? It's a lot of pressure. And these players have got to buy into that now because they're, well, they're they, not, are they?
1: They do have four games, obviously. Three three home games, but they have Bournemouth
2: away, as we mentioned there. Yeah, you and know. Bournemouth, thankfully, have kind of done their jobs, you know, and are clear and are okay. But so you've got four games to get those points, but I just want the games to run out, Scott. Like, that's how I'm looking at it. Like, like Liverpool have got, one game less than us yet i look at it and i think well, they still might get more points than we will in four and that scares me because it shouldn't be like that and they shouldn't be nowhere near us one point they shouldn't be one point behind us it's a joke so 12 points a few weeks ago they've had the worst season they could possibly have liverpool and they've not been in, i don't think in the top four all season long not for one day and yet they're doing what they did a few years ago where a team that's won in the past just pulls the switch and goes, doesn't matter if we're good or bad at the moment. We're going to get victories because that's what we need to do. United are the other way. They've had the victories this year, and now they need to maintain what they've been doing. And, Scott, they're moving away from it. That's partly on the players, of course. It's up to the players to prove it. But I think the manager's got to be putting out different messages. What do you think of his substitutes, Scott, in games? Oh, yeah. Well, they, they've not been going right for no. two months, probably. Yeah. So that's on him, isn't it? That's him. That's the manager. So that's not the players. The players you bring on within the system have to work and they're not working partly because of the players, but I think it's because of what the task is here. And I think that maybe it's getting too intricate. Like United need to not play this mid-block. It doesn't work. I think when you've got Victor Lindelof running backwards more, that does not really work. You've lost Luke Shaw playing on the left, who's probably been the best left fullback in Europe this year or up there, top five. And you now got him at centre-back. That doesn't work with Malacia. So all of these things, unfortunately, becoming a perfect storm. But you've got to see that storm coming from a distance when you're a manager and see it coming in and go, right, got to stop this somehow. Let's go back to what we know. So what would you do then? Because
1: you just mentioned Luke Shaw there mm. at centre-back. Obviously, you know, he gave that penalty away, but he played pretty well at Brighton. Uh, nothing went right at West Ham. There's a certain club captain who sat on the bench. Is it time? Is it time to turn to one of your record signings, Harry Maguire, to bring him back in, put Luke Shaw back at left
2: back in order to progress the ball up the pitch from that side? Well, in an ideal world, no, of course not. In an ideal world, I think Harry Maguire should have probably played his last game for Manchester United and you sell him and you move on. But you're in a, in a precarious scenario of your own making here, whereas I think the things that you've been good at all season long, having to kind of remove those to cover other positions, that's nothing new that happens in football all the time. Luke Shaw has been really, really good, a left-sided centre-back. I think he's, he's taken away some of the sting of losing Martinez in, in those moments, in terms of... Say goodbye player in that that kind of that kind of ilk. But losing the player that progresses the ball most in your team from the left-hand side, which is Luke Shaw, means that you probably won't progress the ball as well. You know, you can't expect Malassia and Delow to be as good as Shaw in those positions. So I think, yes, that is unfortunately part of the solution here is that you go back to the Chuckle Brothers and you say to them, like, if you're going to play a lower block, Scott, then you're okay playing Lindelof and Maguire. Like, you're okay because they sit in shape. They can do that. The problem is, is if the ball goes behind them. So if you're in shape, then then OK. But if you're you're playing a pressing system, you probably don't want Maguire there. You probably do want Shaw pressing out from the back and into midfield. And United you know, have done that at times, but it's also cost you massively by not doing it from the left wing. And so, yes, I think you're going to have to bite the bullet and go back to Luke Shaw at left-back because Luke Shaw doesn't just give you defensive property, Scott. He gives you so much attacking-wise. He gives Marcus Rashford space. He allows the forward to come and play inside. He lets the number 10 cut, dip in and out. And he comes inside and inverts. So you need that now. And having Malassia there will just not cut it. He had one good game the other day where I said he played well. And then since then, he again just looks looks a bit lost. And I And I don't blame him because... He's probably being asked to do stuff that he's not very good at.
1: So is it a case then of simply going back to the best option that you have for the next four games, stop chopping changing and just look to get the job done? Because th- these games are like like we say, I think they're all from they're all placed from tenth to about fourteenth, fifteenth in the league. Yeah. They're all safe from relegation. Don't have anything to play for, but that comes with a freedom, really, that means that we can just go and enjoy ourselves. Some teams might be on the beach, which might work in United's favor. But, you know, what do they, what does Ten Hag need to do from here going into the next game? We'll, we'll look ahead to the game on Friday's show.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think one, one thing that history teaches us about these scenarios and Manchester United in general is that no one really comes to Old Trafford and has a holiday. They come there for, for the day out of knowing that this is their glory day of the season. If they win at Old Trafford, things are forgotten. Imagine if Chelsea turn up at Man United, Scott, and win at Old Trafford. Quite easily could, by the way. Quite, quite easily, got the talent, got the players. And it's a really easy way, isn't it, of kind of scrubbing the last few weeks and months of terribleness there. And they win that game and they go, well, we beat a team that was in the top four, so let's get ready and go again next season. So there is always that fear. Uh, What what do we need to do? Yes, we need to get back to basics and we need to find our identity of the things that were making us win football matches earlier in the season. The dream scenario, Scott, is that, yeah, these three home games, you just manage them really well. So you win them all like 2-0, 2-1, 3-1. It's easy. It's relaxed. It's comfortable. You get top four. And then all of this goes away. Like everything we're talking about and maybe getting animated about, it goes away. And you you start again, you know, summer transfer window and the manager can get on with it. But if you don't do that, and you come fifth, and I said this to you off camera, and I'm going to say it on camera now, we're in a scenario where we're going to probably have new owners of some type coming into the new season. Probably. Yeah, maybe. We'll talk about that later. But Ten Hag, if he comes fifth, is going to have to answer to those owners about why Man United' season's failed this year, because it shouldn't fail. And you can't say to the owners, players were tired. Everyone is tired, every team. So the manager needs to find a way now to get this team back on track because we are derailed and the train is coming off the track and you either get it back on it somehow or you smash off and that's the end of it. And that's the road disaster. And I can smell disaster. I don't know about you, Scott. I think everyone can smell it. It's going the wrong way. So this manager has to find a way. Yeah, it starts off, I think, with Maguire. I think Maguire in there. Ideally, Varane comes back and you have to chuck him in and maybe you go Varane and and Lindelof. And Lindelof plays on the left because I think Lindelof's played okay there with with Varane in the past. Then you can get Shaw back playing there. I do not want to see Marcus Rashford start as the nine at the moment. He's been brilliant up there on the left side. You say he's not the best left-sided forward in the world. You've got that right to say that. But I think this season he's proved, his numbers show, that he's metrically one of the best in the world from that side. Let's play him in his best position, Scott. Let's go with it. But then you might have to use other players like flair players if you want to win games like Sancho, like Garnacho. You've got to find a way to be creative, haven't you? And I want to see Bruno Fernandes play the rest of the season, four games as the 10. Don't play him anywhere else. He can play other positions, but he's better as your 10, isn't he? So play him as your 10 and go with it. He might give the ball away too much in the middle and you can address that in the summer if you want to with a new sign-in. But at the moment, he's your best best option at ten, isn't he? Play your best players, Scott, in their best positions, and forget about the tiredness factor here. anti Martial needs to sort it out. Get on a football pitch and play football. We've been saying it's, that for seven, six, seven yeah, years. Yeah, for seven years. But this is crunch now. This is it. Like this is there's no more excuses, Scott. Like if you come fifth, none of this matters in terms of whether players are tied or not. You've come fifth. The season's a fail, and that's it. And i not. I'm not. You've got too close about... now to failure to not push the button to make things work again. like You can't stage manage it anymore. Stage management goes out the window. You just have to be blood and guts. You've got to put it all on the line. You've got to go and win games. Players get injured now in the last four games, tough. You've got a whole summer off. You can go and get well then. Go and sit on the beach in Mauritius. You'll be okay. You can get over it. Now you've got to try and somehow navigate these four matches, which are more tricky than they should be.
1: I'm not only talking about tiredness here. Like Obviously, we said a few weeks ago, That United have room for error. Yeah. Saying that, not expecting them to lose two consecutive games and give up that room for error immediately. Well, I kind of did. Of course. I I, I looked at it. Of course. course. You you, you talk about, (laughs) like, you know, how, but this is the thing. We mentioned there about, like, now is the time for Martial to deliver. You're asking a guy who hasn't been able to prove for six years out of his seven years that he's been at United that he can't deliver when it matters. So, and a lot of these players fit in this same box so what trust do any fans have that Martial and all these players can actually deliver when it matters now because they haven't, they got one more game that they can drop, one more, and you can easily see it happening in any of these games Yeah, they don't deal with pressure,
2: they yeah. can't this is not about trust,
1: this is about four it games fans. Like, it's it's, yeah, okay. every, every single person is going to go into these
2: games thinking oh my god, we're going to drop it again OK, that's fine. I, I get that. But we're talking more here about, I think, what the manager can impact with his players and what the players can do. So Anthony Martial, is he your best option? If everyone's fit today, like this is it, you're in the training ground and you've got four games left, who is going to be your number nine? It's kind of just, it's it's not a philosophical question. It's like, what have you got that you can use? So fans trust, say, Veghorst more than I, which I don't believe, or, Martial, or Rashford is the nine, which I also don't believe. I think you have to just go with Marshall. You don't have a choice. You've only got him, and you're right. He hasn't proved over seven years that he can be trusted in those roles, but he is absolutely the best number nine you've got in your squad. And the reason why he hasn't played is because of injuries. So if he is fit now, there's no more let's play in 20, 30 minutes. You've got to get him out there for at least 70 or 80 minutes and go that route because you haven't done other things in the season that that back this up, Scott. Like like the manager has said it before. The best version of Anti United is when Anti Marshall plays in the nine. That's his words. It's come out of his mouth this year. And I agree with that. I think you agree with that. So this is not about whether the fans trust Anthony Marshall. This is about trying to win a football match. So get Martial on a football pitch. And if he fails, you sell him in the summer. You go, that's it. Binned. done. But you can't you can't make that choice today because you've got to win these four games. Or you've got to win at least those three home games. And let's be honest, Anti Marshall against those three defenses that have not played very well this year are coming to Old Trafford. He's more than good enough to deal with those three defences. The difficult bit is, can he stay fit? So that's what I'm saying you're gambling on here, is that you've got to roll the dice that part of his body doesn't fall off. Because then the other choice is Weghorst. Like, Weghorst probably should have started as the nine against West Ham then, you know, not as the 10. So these are all micro details, but they have a massive impact on your outlook as a football match.
1: Right, I know you didn't want to talk about this, but we're half an hour in, and I think it's fair... That we do at least address it because I know that you said it's but bo- it's a boring topic.
2: Are we gonna do De Gea?
1: Yeah, we have to. Right? We literally <laughs> right, have to. All
2: right, let's do De Gea. Let's do We De Gea. have to.
1: Like I'm um, you know, obviously it's easy content for every single channel out there to go and do because it's the glaring error hmm. that has led to defeat. Yeah. That's why we should do it as well. <laughs> I let's know that it, there's, uh, there's other it. issues, but yeah, you know. Or Lindelof backing off. Yeah, Luke Shaw not having the best time. All of this midfield letting him go. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, that shot still doesn't go in if David de Gea does his job and saves it. Yeah. So, again, like if <laughs> we know here that again, United you know, can't do anything until the summer. I think Rob and I exactly. both understand. Yeah. But we're, we're saying this about every other player. You can't do anything until the summer. But, you know, it's. Why are why are they doing this? What what is what is Ten Hag seeing here to keep De Gea? Because I, I don't I don't think he's as great a shop stopper as everybody seems to think he is, and I don't think he's worth the amount of money that he'll be getting on his new contract. And I think it's fair that I I have to say that really, because I know there's a lot of fans who are probably watching this show that feel the same. It's very fifty fifty, but
2: we have to address it. I, I feel the same. Like if I'm the Manchester United manager, yeah, I'm going and getting David Rea. That's all I'm doing. And I'm saying to I'm saying to De Gea, thank you for all your service. Big hugs and kisses. Off you go, back to wherever you want to play. There's no problem. We'll let you go on a free. And that's that. And it's all done. And you're not giving him a £200,000 contract. And then you're solving a problem, aren't you? But David De Gea making a handling error is not why you are in this situation. It is not. It's not the truth, Scott. David De Gea making that error. He's made ricks in the past. But I think, again, when you look at, say, the the statistics against other, say, sweeper keepers like the Allisons and the Edisons, they all make handling errors through the season. It's normal. It's just that you don't want to make it at West Ham in the fourth minute. But you've then got 86 minutes to fix it, Scott, and Man United can't fix it. Now, To me, that's the bigger problem at the moment. In the summer, yes. And this is why I said to you I didn't want to do De Gea because people have done two days of De Gea saying about how terrible he is. Yeah, he's not very good at certain things. And yeah, in that moment, he's cost you massively. But in these two games, at Brighton and and also here then against West Ham, it is not about the goalkeeper. It is about the other outfield players doing their job and the shape and the formation and the tactics. So I think for De Gea, he's a good Is that question
1: goal- not more pertinent though, because you have three months left of his contract, whereas
2: nobody else is in that situation in the squad? It's pertinent in the sense for the future, right? So we're just saying here about these four games, these three home matches. So in the future, in the summer and for next season, it's absolutely pertinent. We will definitely be addressing that, especially the day David Haye signs his new contract. The manager came out at the end of this game and the first thing that came out of his mouth was that I want David Haye to sign a new contract. It's the first thing he said. So we can only take that as the fact of the situation, whatever we believe and what we want to happen. So I'm with you with that, Scott. I think you need a new goalkeeper. I do also think that you need another centre-back. I think you need a striker. You might need number 10. You might need another wide player. You need a lot of things at Man United, and it's all a kind of melting pot. But I think in these four games, I think David De Gea has always been a bit of a confidence goalkeeper. So when he's got clean sheets rattling away and is making those one or two like big saves in a match, like he, he tends to do and has done over many years, then I think that he's a lot, a lot more confident himself You could see he had no confidence in what was in front of him in in the game against West Ham. Now, some of that is through necessity because you've had to move players around. But Man United can't play out from the back. They're still trying to play out from the back. And then you see De Gea who is going much longer now, isn't he? De Gea is going... He he went short twice and gave it away. He's like, I'm not messing around. Yeah, he went short twice and they were bad passes, weren't they? And that is all about confidence. That's about confidence. Well, it's a
1: vicious cycle, isn't it? Because the the defenders are probably not
2: getting much confidence knowing that De Gea can get in easy shots. Yeah. You saw Steele last night for Brighton, where they got hammered against Everton. Steele has been brilliant with his feet all season long. You know, he's a bit older than people believe. He was, like, in his 30s, and people don't really understand it. They think he's, like, a 21-year-old goalkeeper. But, like, he's he's really good with his feet. And he was bobbins with his feet yesterday and couldn't pass the ball out. And it was because Brighton were fragmented and fractured. So I think with De Gea is that you need perfection in front of him. And that's part of the bigger problem with De Gea is that he needs his back four to help protect him and help protect certain parts of the game. And that's why you go and get a David rayer But then I look at it and I think, well, if you put David rayer in there, say, yesterday, do you win that game because of David rayer No, I don't think you do. Not when your other 10 players are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So there's a balance that here. I'm with you, Scott, on the whole sweeper-keeper thing, and that sort the of direction you have to go. But do you know what? Eric Ten Hag's not with you on it. Eric Ten Hag's not with me on it. He's making that choice, whether it be to do with funding or transfer targets or anything like that, that he's sticking with this goalkeeper. A sweeper
1: keeper is not the issue in this. Like he's let in a shot, which he shouldn't have let in. Yeah. And
2: people overlook that and they say he's a great shot stopper. I don't think he's that great personally. Okay. On the flip, I, this is not not just devil's advocate. But on the flip, Scott, he's made some amazing saves this year that you've said to me. Well, he's a goalkeeper; he should make them. So, like I've looked at that. So it's it's horses for courses. Is that I think De Gea's once again this season he's going to end up if United do come top four, he will be a massive reason for that top four. Like he saved us in many games in the mid season when we were getting hammered, and he made incredible save after incredible save. But yes, you're right. At the end of this season, you needed him to keep that ball out the net. Like it's an easy save and. You know, you could say he slips, like as he goes down, his left foot gives way and and that's why he can't get the the power behind it. He should still tip it around the post. There's no excuse for that. But this is the whole thing is that, again, the manager comes out and thinks, oh, you know, I lost his game because of David De Gea. Then he's he's completely wrong. You know, he's lost his game because the other 10 outfield players that have lost their identity, Scott. If you are pressing and you're keeping the ball at that end and you're keeping the play up there, David De Gea has got a lot less to do. And that's unfortunately the position you're in. Jack Butland is not your option here. Heaton is not your option. You have to go with De Gea in the same way that you've got to go with Martial. You haven't really got a lot of choice here at this point of the season. That's why I was kind of steering away from it. But I'm with you. David Raya, £25 million from Brentford. Stellar few seasons at Brentford. Go get him. Easy choice. Brilliant sweeper-keeper, shot-stopper, goalkeeper for Spain. He's your next option. But only if you want to go there. Like I'm not convinced Ten Hag really, really wants to go there. Well, we've spent
1: spent this episode saying Ten Hag's getting things wrong. Maybe that's another thing he's getting And
2: this is why you can't take it all off the manager's shoulders. And I know there's a lot of people have said the last few days, none of this is Ten Hag's fault. And I'm saying, no, part of it is his fault because he chooses the tactics and sets the team up and the team's expectations reflect the manager. And I think all season long, they played like dogs of war because Ten Hag has instilled that in his tactics through them. The last few games, they've looked like little puppy dogs and they've looked like puppy dogs because they've been allowed to in the system. The system's allowed them to defer responsibility of what they were doing really well early in the season. Casemiro, Scott, you know, Ericsson, these are big players that have been so good for Man United all season long. And this is the time they've lost their form. Like what? This is where we need you. We need you now to be just good rather than very bad. We'll be having the same conversation in summer, Scott, about Casemiro now in his age. That will be content. Everyone bookmark it now. That's coming. Yeah, because that's the truth. That's where you are now. And you have to say that if United come fifth, Casemiro will be part of that failure, not part of the success of fourth. So very, very kind of small parameters here. Um, there's such a thin line now between success and failure. May I got to go grab the prize, Scott? The prize is fourth, yeah. Forget the League Cup, forget the FA Cup. You need fourth here, otherwise this season is a failure.
1: Yeah, let us know in the comments. Uh leave us a five star review if you if you feel like it on the audio platforms. There we uh, go. Shall Berto, like let's
2: hope that Shallberto can uh, progress the ball. Did Roberto Carlos ever play centre back? Don't think he did, Probably not like again, Definitely. different uh, different era, isn't it? When you were a wide player, you played wide forever, didn't you? It was very rare to come inside unless you were like Paolo Maldini or, or Baresi or someone like that. But, um, but yeah, I think that's a huge bit is that losing Luke Shaw in those progressive areas where he's been so good at progressive ball carry, carrying. I think you can compare it with Liverpool, yeah. This year, Robertson's been really poor on the left, yeah. And Liverpool have kind of fallen apart both offensively and defensively. I think a lot of that's to do with Robertson when Robertson's good. Liverpool win titles and trophies. This year, Robertson has not been very good or not played in that position as much. He's even had Simakas in there. I think it's the same for Luke Shaw. You lose Luke Shaw there, the downgrade is massive, like what, whoever you're playing there. And that hurts you going forward and it hurts you going backwards.
1: Yeah, we'll wrap it there. Uh, let us know what you think because Man United are doing their very best to... Uh, what's the, I don't want to say the word, but they're doing their very best to bottle their position And I don't really have too much confidence that they will turn things around, batten down the hatches, and start performing again for the next three, four games. I personally am not too confident. But the challenge
2: is on. They'll have to. I don't think they'll win these three games at home. I don't think they'll win. They might win two, or they might get a draw. Like I think they'll drop points at some point in these four game spin. But then you've got to just go with it. Like, like, can you get someone like Garnacho back in to give you some inspiration? Is that the truth is that you get an 18-year-old, 19-year-old, and he's just he just lights you up again? You know, <clears throat> just gives you some kind of impetus. You might not be completely fit, but here you are. You know, he's not going to the under-20 World Cup now. Man United confirm that. That's not They're not going to release him for that. Four games then, Scott. Get some good minutes out of some of these players and push forward and go and win them. Like, I think that's the best way of looking at this, isn't it? Go win these games. Don't try and just get a little bit more points than Liverpool are because Liverpool are not thinking like that. Liverpool are like right, we're going to try and win our games and then we'll see where we land. So, uh, but can you imagine Liverpool come fourth and we come fifth? <sighs> oh my God! Like I, I don't get too high, don't get too low. Like that will be one of the lowest moments in Manchester United modern history. It really, and then be. Man City win the treble. Uh, but but then it won't <laughs> even matter if City win the treble. You go well, they they probably deserve it. They're really good, and it will hurt. But I tell you what, coming fifth will hurt more to me. Like if you come fifth after this season and you've done so many good things this year, you come fifth to this Liverpool team that's not even turned up, and they come fourth. Look at their players, their big players got Salah turning up now. Salah's like, I'm here now, I'm gonna carry my team. Man United's big players need to do the same. You've got to put you've got to find a way, you've got to find a method.
1: Yep, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and watch us on YouTube twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays. So head over to the channel, like, subscribe, leave a comment for us as well on anything. What is the issue? There's there's a ton of things, uh, you know, have your say on David De Gea. I know we didn't do a big section on it as maybe some other channels would have, but hmm. yep. Uh, plenty of issues for United to contend with. They do have a week off, uh, a, a full week to prepare for the Wolves game, but they've got to bring it now, as we've been saying. Head over to the channel, subscribe, leave a comment, et cetera, et cetera. And follow us on Twitter as well at underscore Scott Saunders at underscore Rob underscore BN at Promise and MU for the show as well. We'll be back on
2: Friday. Any final words, Rob? No, I just hope that they use this week correctly. What I would do, Scott, is I'd have them in the building and I would be working on the videotapes for a week and saying, this is what you're not doing. This is what you were doing. And this is what these other three teams will expect from you when you play them at Old Trafford. And that's got to be the focus for a week. I know they get a bit of rest. Rest ain't gonna win you this. Rest's not gonna get you fourth. What's gonna be get you fourth here is playing good football.
1: Thanks everyone for listening and or watching. We'll see you soon for another Promise and episode.
0: Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app.